0: It gives you the breathing room and it gives you the capacity to actually rethink how you do business and what your business model is going to be. My prediction is it's there's going to be some things that will be replaced. Some things will be made redundant, but I think we'll continue to change in more. Fun. Ultimately, with this tech's being d- developed for us, mm. so we'll use it to our advantage. You know, If you look back in history, we've, we've just found new ways of using this technology and moving forward.
1: set the world to rights (laughs) set the world to rights That's it. (laughs) hello and welcome to tech for finance where we help finance professionals leverage technology to level up their lives i'm your host adam shilton and once again we are joined by dan lawrence at bots for that for this week's this week in tech podcast now don't forget to subscribe to tech for finance on your favorite platform and don't forget to subscribe to Dan's podcast, Beanies in a Pod, as well. But good to have you back, Dan. Thank you, Adam. Good welcome. Good morning to you. Have you had a good weekend? Yes. No. All good. Um, and for anybody that's wondering why the video looks different on this episode, it's because we've switched back to Zoom again because of Dan's hardware issues. Now let's not set my <laughs> hardware issues. No, this <laughs> is not. <laughs> this is not <laughs> fair.
0: Now we've tried this three weeks in a row, right? Squadcast, <laughs> and it always is. In fact, I was I was using it during lockdown, and it was brilliant. And I used it on a Mac. And recently, when we started up again, um, the first week it didn't work, so we went to Zoom. The second time, it worked perfectly.
1: It worked perfectly. And yeah. this
0: morning, I went in, and it came up proudly, and I mean, it had one of those like emoji salute, ex, you know, like explosion kind of celebration memes on it. Yeah. And it, we proudly now support OS devices. And it was probably followed immediately by another message saying your your devices
1: are not supported. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well done, Squadcast. Back to the drawing board on that well one. Well done.
1: Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. good. Well, we we have because we use the, the free version of Zoom because I'm tight, um, forty minutes. So if there's any awkward cutting when we restart the meeting, yeah, it's all right. I apologize. No, we'll we'll make it work. We'll make it work. But I the... had a relatively tech-free weekend actually as well. Oh yeah
0: yeah it was my wife's wife's birthday, so we were off down in the countryside down at the seaside and, and away from all tech, which is quite nice actually nice break
1: yeah no it's it's nice to get away and have a bit of a bit of a detox i think um so i uh, people know I used to be an avid listener to the Tim Ferriss podcast okay yeah. you think about podcasts you think about Tim Ferriss, right um and he always i think he used to do it on a Saturday where the rule was absolutely no. Devices of any sort. Um, but I, I'd say difficult to put into practice now, right? Well,
0: from judging from your first agenda item, it's about to become even harder, actually. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> nice yeah, so little segue for you
1: there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we talked about your Apple hardware having issues with compatibility. <laughs> but know that the first topic of conversation is the Apple Vision Pro which is a bit of hardware it's one of those headsets similar it looks a bit like those um oculus doesn't it Dan? Mm -hmm. you know um that used to use for the well that the kids still use for the gaming sure adults use it as well i don't fall into that category but um it looks like a set of goggles it's in the same category as the microsoft hololens when that first came out i believe HoloLens, though, and, and I'm sure it's improved, it was incredibly bulky when it first came out. It was less a visor than a helmet, I think, so it was absolutely massive. But I think Apple, in true Apple style, have done their thing of making it smaller and, I don't know, prettier or whatever. Um, but I I saw a picture of it, and it kind of looked like one of those modern, you know, when you had the, like, um, steampunk-type type stuff? It almost looked like a, a white steampunk set of goggles on, on the front of your face. But the reason I saw it is because Microsoft just announced their compatibility of the Office applications within the Apple Vision Pro. Mm. So you, which, you means, can... which means it'll be another six, seven years before it actually works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, true. The, the, Facts.
1: The, uh, the name of the post was something like... Um, Pivot tables will never be the same again, or, or something like that. But I'm I'm looking at this. Well, and I I'm, hope not. I really do. <laughs> I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking the the whole the whole premise of, of it is it's like a, like an augmented reality hmm. setup, isn't it? So, and again, people will keep me true on this, but I believe it doesn't block out your surroundings. It, it doesn't. Yeah, within your surroundings. Yeah, I've been following it for a while. Okay. I've seen.
0: I've seen a few. I've seen a few. I won't mention their names, but you know, the few, the few major in tech influencers uh, mm-hmm. on YouTube. There's, there's, a, there's a few really, but you know, big ones. And mm-hmm. um, there's one in particular. We were actually watching it last night with my son, and um, he brought it up because he said this is the best one I've seen yet. And it was a guy who was literally went out for the day around a major city, yeah. and he wore the whole thing for the whole day uh-huh. on the train, walking around, sitting around in the city. And it and they showed the views, and it literally was. He was just sitting there with. It was actually it's 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 effectively seeing the real world, but through a lens with something else super injected on on the front of it. So you can see everything else around you in, in the same way that you normally would, but you've then got virtual reality beamed on top of it or interfaced into it. So you can see your you can see your app your typical app screen in front of you. Um, you can dial things up. You can have Netflix on the side. You can still see people around you. Um, it looked quite good, but I'm still um I'm still not quite sure. I remember when I was about I must have been about nine or ten, maybe eight, maybe a little bit less, and um we went down to our local tech store because even then I was into the tech, and this guy said, You'll never see this, this is the next big thing. Everyone's gonna be wearing these. And it was a sun visor, mm. plastic sun visor, like the old plastic ones you used to get. Yeah. With a radio around the front of the top <laughs> the <kitchen. laughs> and an aerial that came up and yeah. like a mug, I bought one. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't, I, the only person I ever saw wearing one was not even me. <laughs> I, I took it out once. I thought, Oh dear, what have I done?
1: There's and great.
0: I'm not, and I'm not sure that this isn't one of those things. I just don't, I mean, I think the concept is, um, is interesting. I just can't see myself wearing one. Um, it's ob- not until it gets like to the to the extent where you've got something like this, you know, proper like lenses, like glasses, on maybe, maybe that'll work.
1: Mm-hmm. But I don't know.
0: I'm not sure. I'd, I'd still want it.
1: I don't think it's going to be for us, and I use "us" in the broader sense of the. I mean, old people. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the people that are used to the the mice and the keyboards, and obviously there there'll be outliers people that are hell bent on making sure that they do evolve. Um. But I think it's going to be more relevant for my kids because, you know, they, they spend their time stuck in iPads as it is anyway. But, but take take me as a personal use case, right? I am clumsy. Yeah, that's my default. I'm not particularly coordinated. The, the music stuff's fine, Yeah, but I don't have to move myself in space when I'm playing an instrument. Either I'm sat on a piano yeah. stool or I'm sat on a chair, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the, the whole concept of having something on me that is yeah. blotting out parts of my vision... If, if I'm in a, so the office here, right, could be a good setting because I've got lots of white walls, you know, so I, in theory I could project all over my office from my chair, which, which is fine, okay. Um, yes. And that could sort of solve the problem that some people have in terms of multiple monitors. You know, mm. some people have these sort of ginormous, almost like stock trader setups, right, where they've got everything on different screens. But there, therein lies another problem because I can't multitask So I deliberately have one screen, so that I can just have one screen of work at a time. And I'm still a sod, so I still do the uh, you know the Windows tab to flick between screens and all that sort of stuff. I'm always Mm -hmm. trying to find ways to distract myself, so I need to get back into the app blocking and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But for me, it would definitely be information overwhelm, you know. And and I've seen videos of like kids sitting on the tube with these visors in front of them, and and you know I'm just. Mm it's that integration piece that i think you're pointing to there it's the, yeah. the how does it evolve to the point where it does does become part of our day to day. and i think for youngsters who don't want to speak to each other anyway it might not be an issue for, but but for, <laughs> for for me yeah. i'd struggle yeah i mean ultimately um, multitasking is actually a myth
0: anyway we because we, it's mm. been proven we can't actually do more than task one one task at once anyway yeah. so therein lies a significant danger mm. um but I, I mean, I think I think the thing it's really potentially most useful for is is people who aren't able, you know, to to get up, get around, get to desks, get to screens. I think for that, um, I think we talked about there was it the microchip in the you know in the back yeah, yeah. of the brain last last time, right? And I think both of those have um, you know probably potentially really beneficial applications for mm. for those kind of people. It's just not for me. I just can't see myself not doing that, uh, like you, um, mm. but. It it does it it does open up a lot of interesting possibilities. I'm not sure a lot of them are good
1: though. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. But we'll see. I could just it could just be old farts here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm up for it. You know, and and I, so I remember a few years ago they they started talking about like wearable tech. You know, um, like the the phones that would wrap around you, uh, actually wrap around your wrist. Um, and they start well, they've started doing it already, haven't they? With the with the Samsung Foldy things yeah you know the the fluid screens and and that sort of stuff um but but we'll have to see i mean I, I see some definite use cases for the whole sort of augmented reality in terms of when you need more than 2d and that that was always the the yeah. hololens thing right that all of yeah. the the marketing for that revolved around like architectural stuff you know where you needed like a, a 3d model virtually that was yeah. a little bit difficult to to visualize on the screen but it would've been easier if you could visualize it on a table right so <laughs> We'll have to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest, I think, the most significant downside is
0: if you've seen someone wearing one of these things and they're sitting in in, in a most empty room, waving their arms around, they look like complete. Can I say dicks? <laughs> <laughs> I know what like? Uh,
1: yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll put um, and this this is a post by um, Linus, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his second name, but he's he's like big in um finance fintech that sort of stuff but here's video and you probably won't be able to hear the audio now i'm just looking at this kid on the tube he's literally on the tube yeah i've seen it to, to yeah. type he's
0: just doing this yeah it might it be the like a mime artist that you were talking about that it's a different one it is a different yeah. one. yeah it's a different one but yeah he looks like a mime artist yeah yes yeah yeah he's put some white gloves on him and he's like this yeah.
1: He looks I like mean, a complete dick. <laughs> yeah, and you, I mean, I I I copy your quote um that we did on our very like literally the first Tech for Finance podcast, where you were my very first guest, um, and you said there's there's stuff that bots do well um that humans don't, and then there's stuff that humans <laughs> <you> do well <laughs> that bots don't. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, being human is that social aspect. And I appreciate some people are introverted, right? And and fine if you want to show mm-hmm. yourself in a room, mm-hmm. that's that's okay. Yeah. But I think in social settings, mm. you know, especially as AI does start doing more stuff, we need to focus on being yes. humans and not detaching not. ourselves from <clears throat> reality. But, but I guess it's no different to. When you sit on the tube anyway, and everybody's got their heads down and they're they're looking at the the phone screens, right? So you know, is it yeah. gonna be any so, different looking at yeah. a phone compared to looking at a headset? Well, yeah. So maybe we're just
0: continuing on down the rabbit hole currently, rather mm. than turning around and coming up for air. Yeah,
1: more of the same, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Okay, fine. But everybody check it out because I think I think you definitely need to to have a look at it. Um, and yeah. in in terms of the the, the office suite and whatever compat- compatibility means. I mean, I, I I I did a sort of bit of a bit of a flippant comment on on the post, which was something like I'd I'd like to see how you can navigate to cell C nine hundred and thirty seven with your eyes. Do you, do you know what I mean? And, and I know it's I know it's not going to mean that, but you know it's 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 right. You know you it sells. Cells on a screen aren't gonna be much different if it's in augmented reality compared to no. But you know there's a different, different answer to that. that. Go on. You go on the screen, you say uh, run bot. <laughs>
0: and
1: you and you get on with your life. <laughs> yeah, or you talk to it. You say navigate no, to see nine three seven. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. so uh, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Well let's 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 move on. But uh, <laughs> before I move on to so my second topic, which is probably the the more ominous based on the on a story I heard last week. I'm going to flip to topic three, yeah. which is uh, an app. I think it's a phone app called Arc Search A R C. Search mm-hmm. um, is this the future of web browsing? Question mark. So, to people who have been keeping up to up to date with myself and and some of the other sort of AI peeps online, there is already a, a service called Perplexity, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and you just go to so I think it's perplexity dot. Let me just see whether I can find the link with an X. Let's see whether it perplexity. Uh, yeah, so it is perplexity dot a i p e r p l e x i t y dot a i, and that is an AI search. Yeah. Um, and it actually works pretty well. So instead of you Googling and having to, you know, trawl through lots of different search results that maybe, you know, push with loads of ads and loads of irrelevant information or lots of marketing bump, you can just ask perplexity about a topic and it will bring back some pretty concise results based on your search term. And what's nice as well is you can change the search type. So you could say, I want to search Reddit or academic articles or fill in the gap, yeah? Mm-hmm. But it's still... Sort of producing, I guess, a text list and a bit of descriptive narrative around that. What Arc Search apparently is doing, and I've not downloaded it yet, but I will just have a go. Is it almost creates your own website? If that's the the best way to think about it, so you give it a search term and it will build you an interface that is everything to do with that search term, and obviously the 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 real advantage of this as well as having you know a reduced need to search through a load of search terms is that it's easier to get to the, role, the result that you want quicker right but but the, the reason that i wanted to, to mention this is everybody sort of you know started saying oh you know google search is dead and you know pay-per-click advertising is dead and all of this sort of stuff um i will be honest and say that the majority of my googling in inverted commas now is just asking either chat gpt or copilot um to find me information and it comes back with three links or whatever and it saves me having to trawl through these links because Mm. I we we discussed on one of the the episodes you know people are always looking for shortcuts and inherently um inherently lazy which is why i i do that just because i want faster results right but i'm keen to get your perspective on some of these AI enabled search bots is is that the way things are going do we think that there will be re- less less rel- reliance on traditional type search um i don't know whether you've experimented with any of these tools
0: not this one um i guess it's a. a I guess it's a new another version or play on personalized search and mm-hmm. sort of web 3.0 isn't it something mm-hmm. sort of somewhere between the two but I, mm-hmm. this just the first time i've seen it looking at it today Mm-hmm. Um, it seems still in the, I guess, R&D stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's not going to have any of the clutter, it's not going to have any of the ads and, and pop-ups and all the junk that we all hate, mm. I wonder what model it's going to be commercially. Mm. Um, because ultimately 80% of revenues from most of the just web, kind of websites all comes from you know advertising, right? Yeah, yeah. At least if not more.
1: Um, paid for the app and that's that's where perplexity is going you can get the pro yeah. perplexity yeah when I'm,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to i guess i'm trying to i'm struggling to see if it's anything more than a personalized app um search mm. tool but i mean i guess i mean everything these days is using so-called ai mm. theory right i mean it's like turbo badge right yeah, everyone just AI. slaps something on it now yeah um, I mean, but all all search now, all of the search in the world is on of like Microsoft, or Google, and, and Apple. So they're all effectively using AI already. Mm. Um, just a question of what they get, you get served in return for you giving up your data rights, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, it
1: is, isn't it? Uh, okay, so let so let's flip the question then. So so you said, you know, what's what's the commercial model going to be? Mm. So traditional web, a, a lot of businesses are built on traditional web search right so i'll Mm. go back to my um sales and marketing experience that says there's only a few ways to capture an audience you know either you do the cold outreach piece you know cold email cold calls warm outreach for the people that already know you exist um content i.e producing content to get as many eyeballs on on your links as possible and then paid yeah um And especially for younger businesses that don't have a ton of branding, they don't have the recognition, you know, they don't have the size of team or, you know, size of funding to compete with the bigger players. A lot will invest in PPC to make up for the fact that they don't have a lot of organic reach. Yeah. So if the world shifts to the point where all of the search is AI enabled how how are you going to get eyeballs on your content from leveraging PPC? Because if these tools are saying it's ad free, mm, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, so are we yeah. into um... yeah? And you're basically you're basically up
0: against the the behemoths, the giants of the world mm. who have actually invented mm. search um, with a paid for product. Mm. You know, yeah, and, and I'm not sure, but I'm not sure what value it it really gives. I mean, I it's mobile anyway only right, so it's not on desktop. Mm. Um, I don't really do a lot of searching when I'm on the mobile. To be honest with you, your desktop. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I generally don't do a lot of search from mm-hmm. the mobile. And if you do, you just ask Siri. <laughs> 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 get the same because re- you get the same response, right? It's, just, but it's sp- different, I, really.
1: But I suppose that, that there might be something quite nice for. Take the example of finance, right? You know, if if we're doing a benchmarking exercise, or mm-hmm. if we're trying to keep up to date with you know, compliance in, in whatever form it takes now. Mm. Have a, a nice bit of personalized it's almost like research on your behalf, I guess, isn't it? You know, if it's if it's scouring and putting everything on one page. For me it's it's still just a time saving thing, right? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I'll have to try it actually. I'll have to give it a go. Mm.
0: I will try it out. I'll try it out and report back to you what I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, connections all the time from people that are building these these various apps. So I've had a couple that have connected and said, you know, you know, I'm building a, a personalized AI search or a personalized research assistant and, and all of that sort of stuff.
0: Mm.
1: And it it comes it comes back to what I've said for a while now, which is we're getting to a point where, you know, do we source a person or do we source an AI? And and I've been reading up on some of the predictions for stuff like GPT-5. Yeah. um, Where we're getting to that next level of it not just being an AI assistant, but it's more of an AI agent where it actually does stuff. Um, And people have been doing this. I saw a post the other day of somebody who'd used, you know, the chat GPT-GPTs, and they'd connected it using an action to the point where it would self-guide. So Hmm. they'd almost made a GPT that was an autonomous agent. Mm-hmm. So th- that's my prediction, right? Instead of having to say, help me with this, we're getting more into the territory of go and do this, and then it will work it out for itself. And I guess this is where we get in with some of these apps, some of these searches. Essentially what we're saying is you've got a narrow AI use case for research purposes. So you don't need to hire a person to do the research, for example. So this, this leads to, to the last topic of conversation, which and um, we talk about quite a lot which is the, the concept of, of job replacement and i guess the the different levels because at the moment i mean use my term ai sourcing if i think of a niche use case i think in terms of uh, meeting notes for example yeah so I have like a teams premium or an offer or whatever it has acting as the person who's sitting in on the meetings and doing the minutes and then doing the summary for you, you know, again, we're replacing the need to have an assistant in the room that's manually taking the notes for us, right? So that's sort of a, I guess, an easy to understand example. We've got Arc Search being like a personalized AI search to save you having to, I mean, depends how advanced it is, but saves you having to employ a research assistant or something like that. Um, but the use case I heard last week, again, this is a bit sales related is, there are now some larger organizations that are building AI SDRs. And for people that aren't familiar with the term, that's a, a sales development representative, so, so lead gen, right? And the feedback and, and the, the company that's using them shall remain nameless. Um, they are claiming that they can produce a, sort of a, an autonomous SDR <clears throat> that will produce 80% of the ro- results that a human will do for 50% of the cost. Now, some people in finance might be thinking, oh, great. You know, if I can save 50% on salaries, that might that might be amazing, right? Wow. But for me, I'm still struggling to see it because, <laughs> you know, similar to when people started using AI to do cold emails, right? A couple mm-hmm. people got fools, but then within a few weeks, people started seeing the clues and became wise to it. It's the same with uh, AI-generated comments on LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, is there a window of opportunity that's short-term whereby... Companies can do this sort of thing without people knowing, or is it going to be a case where it might work for for a week and then people become wise to it? Because for those sorts of scenarios, I can't, I can't. Maybe it's just me, but I can't remove the person from that situation. You know, the wanting to build rapport. You know, the, the wanting to ask a specific question that isn't just a pre-pro, pre-programmed talk track. Or is that just me misunderstanding some of the capability of what we have in some of these new AIs? Can they actually successfully emulate a human being to the point where a job does get replaced? And I guess well, I, I, I just don't know <laughs> enough, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, think
0: about, think about what an SDR does, though. I mean, what they do is so typescripted mm. and robotic that you know it's it's easily replaceable i mean it's not that effective it's not that challenging um most of us going to you know just switch off if anyone if everyone picks up the code and you know, i block every single number i don't get any no no anyway but you know, how how effective might. is it really? Yeah. You know? How's that Adam again? Block, block, Wasn't block. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, a lot. So many jobs that are incredibly mundane, scripted. I mean, I, I'm talking probably seven years ago when I when we first got into automation. I saw we were at a convention and someone actually played a, a they played a video of someone interacting with a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of it, they asked the question to the audience: so, did you think that that salesperson was?" a person or a robot and everyone thought it was a robot nearly 90% of the audience guessed it was a robot and it was a person mm. and that's you know the last nearly a decade ago mm. so those those roles have been so heavily typescripted and, and roboticized anyway that it's difficult to tell the difference um, you know because they just have to literally follow the script all the way through and that's just what they do um there's not a great deal of rapport building unless it's built in the script mm. um so i think those things are easily um and we've been automating those with much less hyped technology for at least a decade. Yeah. Um, it's just coming to the fore now with, yeah, you it's just a new version or new flavor of it. It's it's the same, it's the same tool. It's just doing the same thing. It's just doing it in a different way in a slightly more creative way, maybe with a bit more mm. small talk and and sort of personality built into it, but it's effectively the same thing. And I think it, like you said, it has, there's always limited use on it. Um, I think it's getting better. I think the the application could be broader. Whereas before, you sort of get stuck at a certain point. Um, whereas now, with with AI, you can it can learn um, and it can learn off of interactions, and it can build in more and more of that personalization. So I think it'll get better. I think there's there's always going to be a limited range because there's a limited range in the applic- in the I guess in the process itself to begin with. Mm-hmm. It always has a limited shelf life. So I think the more that it can adapt, um, the better. But I think it's always an augmentation an augmentation tool anyway um, because you never want to just rely on just one thing um, because we become fairly you know immune to these things mm. quite quickly so i think it's always an enabling and an, it's always an augmenting kind of approach you take with it and you, you you keep finding and testing new ways And i think that's a great way to actually test out things that might work because you can build things very quickly and actually maybe discover approaches that are more successful and then you can throw people on it to to you know, accelerate it and build on it and do more because the AI can learn not just from what the AI sees and does, but it can learn from what the people see and do as well. And because it can track all data, mm. it can see what's it, what ends to be more successful in one case or another, and they'll pick up on patterns. So I think it can be used for that purpose, definitely. And whether that's sales or whether it's customer support as well, any interactions, I think, really from a business. I think it's always a good thing to have. Um, I think it's obviously getting much more affordable now as well, which is the, probably the best thing about it because it's no longer the the you know the domain of only the very large enterprises. Mm. You know, SMEs can now get their hands on the same tech mm. um, and and get the same sort of results. Um, but I think you know when you say that it gets you know, the same results for half the price, but generally speaking, a lot of those results generally are quite low anyway, right? So it's a numbers game because yeah, you make a thousand calls, you get you get ten responses. Mm. So yeah, uh, whether it's bang for the buck. I don't know, but you know, hopefully, you can take those people and actually generate more value in the business from either not having them there or putting them onto things that we're better at.
1: So, the the, the challenge that I will give to this is you have to be a pretty rubbish SDR to be replaced by an AI right now. Yeah, and and people might disagree with me on that. And, but but I'll, I'll use an example. So yeah, I mean, if, if you've got a commodity product where it is a volume play, and it is literally just repeat, deliver the script, send this email, do whatever, because I'm sure the AI can do a phone call, it can probably send an email, it can probably do whatever, right? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. But then when you take more complex type solutions, so my background, as people know, is, is finance software and ERP systems, It's never just a single talk track, because it is a fundamental change to the people that run their business. And if people do engage in those sorts of conversations, then they want to trust that the people that are speaking to them know their stuff, for example. So a a more seasoned SDR or BDM or whatever the silly acronym is, will always take into account research, you know, so what position is that individual in right now? You know, are they part of a growing company? Are they likely to be struggling with having to to hire in a difficult market, for example? Will that mm-hmm. be a reason to invest in tech over people, for example? Or, mm-hmm. you know, are they new to the role? You know, are, are they going to be embarking on these sorts of projects? So, you know, a seasoned SDR will use that contextual research and use that as a door opener and his ability to obviously mold the conversation. So the, the situation that individual finds themselves in. And I can't see right now that an AI is going to be able to get under the skin and do all of that research to be able to then deliver a tailored message in an effort to make sure that they are having the right conversation instead of a, a script. But I guess it varies industry to industry, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, possibly. I think I, I, think coming back to the augmentation, though, I think it's it's one of those things where you still use, you still want those really experienced and expert um, BDMs and, and SDRs. Once you can really open doors and build relationships, Mm. what you can use the eyes for is you may play a different numbers game. Mm. So rather than having lots of people sitting there going through the scripts and trying to filter through thousands or tens of thousands, Mm. you can use the AI to filter it quicker, faster, cheaper, Mm -hmm. with probably more context Mm. and and more granularity for more experienced people to take that over Mm -hmm. and then close things. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where where it probably Uh, settles you know you use the tech to filter through to get through numbers with much more much greater speed and accuracy but with providing more context and then you're handing it over to someone because people probably don't really want to be closed by an ai they
1: probably want to have a conversation with a person when they come closing time
0: you know you want to do that
1: so an example so moving this into more of a a finance discussion rather than a than a sales discussion Um, I've talked previously about some of the things that a company called Glean are doing. I've mm-hmm. given that. I think I've given them a shout out before. I'm hoping to have Howard on the podcast, to be fair. Um, he's, he's the, the founder of the, the business. Anyway, they, they've got an AI accounts payable platform. right? So, so it does all the standard stuff that you'd expect from, from an AP platform, but they put a lot of weight on their ability to benchmark similar spend. Yeah. So if you are spending X with this supplier, we know that on average other companies spend Y with this supplier. So they can then give indications as to whether they might be overspending or not. So. I guess the crossover here is you are equipping when we talk about augmentation, your either finance or procurement team with a a better ability to negotiate if they if they know something. On the flip side, the people Mm -hmm. that are actually supplying might Um, get annoyed because they don't want um, their pricing to be benchmarked. You see what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But that is more in line with the augmentation piece that you mentioned there. You know, what we've not got is Mm -hmm. an automated procurement specialist that phones up suppliers and runs through a script in an effort to negotiate better rates. You know, maybe that's an idea. Maybe I should build that. Well, well, you you know, on the flip side, the the seller can also use the same tech mm. to pitch and
0: negotiate from their perspective too. And all you end up with is two AIs arguing with one another effectively. It ultimately it comes down to two people again to say, right, okay, well, we've both, we've both laid all the cards on the table. This is where we're going to settle up, right? I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Cause ultimately what you're going to do just basically connect up the two AIs and say, well, we're leaving to get on with it. Let's go and have a cup of coffee and we'll, and we'll see what they decide
1: between them. Maybe, maybe. And, and, and is it, you know, and and this I, I think our world is gonna become increasingly more meta. Mm-hmm. I, I think people are gonna gonna end up two steps removed from the stuff that's actually going on. You know, I mean I mean we joked about it when we originally started talking about um using AI to generate emails for you. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll just hit I'll just hook up my AI with your AI and they can have a bit of a chat about it. M- maybe not for emailing. I say I think I see a definite use case when it comes to calendar scheduling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah, just, yeah, I'll just, I'll yeah. just, I'll just hook you up with my AI assistant, and then they can talk about moving diaries around to facilitate. I think that's a better. We already, yeah, and you don't even need AI for that. I mean, we've already built one of those years ago. Right, same sort of thing. There we go.
0: Just small, small plug there, but you know, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, why not, right? Because if you're away on holiday and you get five requests coming in and it's already taken, well, what do you do? You know, you, you have to wait for them to come back. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, absolutely, it should be able to find the next available slot that you know that I'm um, putting in.
1: That should work, but. So, yeah, I mean, we we could talk about it forever in a day, and and I suppose, and and I've I've seen quite a lot of this recently. So, um, I'm a, Gartner Peer Community Ambassador, mm. which is cool, and it's a great community. And again, I'll, I'll plug Gartner because there's there's a lot of really good discussions going on in that community. So it's like Gartner's version of LinkedIn for, you know, um, I mean, I think you've got to pay obviously is the way for some of the the uh, more interesting data and some of the reports that you get through the community but i think the base yeah. level where you can sort of connect yes. and get insight from the community is is free mm. but there there was a lot of talk at the end of last year around gen ai use cases but then there were all, all also a lot of questions for people that were were scared of the the consequences of, of generative ai and mm. My comments to those posts were always: look, think in terms of augmenta- augmentation rather than replacement, right? Yeah, and I think coming back to the point that I mentioned earlier, there will always be room for smart people um, with specialisms, with expertise, and and so on and so forth. But I think there are going to be more opportunities to source to an AI, you know, because if 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 you think about it, right? Um, and I've done this before. Take a platform like Upwork, yeah. Um, I don't know whether you've used Upwork before, but Upwork is the ability mm. to find contractors, um, virtual assistants, all of that sort of stuff. So so actual people, um, the advantage you get is they might be in a different region whereby, you know, salaries are lower, you know, or mm. money goes further. So instead mm. of paying, you know, somebody in your region, 50 quid an hour or 100 quid an hour, you pay somebody 5 dollars an hour you know because they're either based in india or the philippines or whatever just by of that the cost of living over there being greatly um lower right yeah but what you find it's it's so tricky finding um quality talent mm. in a pool yeah. of, of so many people <clears throat> yeah. so you've got to have quite a good filter when it comes to selecting the sorts of contractors that you want to use and of course you know they are reviewed you know, so obviously you, you go with the ones that have a, a better track record, right? Mm-hmm. But you've still got to explain in quite a level of detail what you want them to do so that you don't pay for poor quality work or you don't pay for the wrong output, right? Mm-hmm. And Dan, I'm gonna have to stop this and we're gonna have to oh, just that we're at uh, sixty minutes. seconds to go. All right, so we'll do that now. All right. All right. right. Despite the zoom issues, we're we're back. Um, it's quite funny though. So I clicked meet now straight after we'd ended the last one and it said, Oh, you can't start another meeting for nine minutes until you pay. Um, so I just scheduled a meeting and then just joined it straight away. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So what are we talking about? Yeah. So, so, um, Upwork sourcing, mm-hmm. you need to be very careful that you're not just providing loose instructions and then expecting you know really high quality work and i think mm. that will play forwards in the form of outsourcing then ai sourcing and we're already seeing this with the gpt store where people are building stuff for specific purposes right but i think it will just become next level where these ais can do more and more advanced stuff that a basic human resource could do um so whether that's Tax compliance. You know, I've got an AI that that knows about tax compliance. It knows what your regions are. It knows what all of the various tax codes per item type are. So it'll go do its thing, run away, and and all of that sort of stuff. So that's my prediction, anyway. As to how long it takes to get to that point, I don't know. But yeah,
0: I, I know. And I'm, to be honest with you, since I got into what we do with robotics, you know, it's always been a case of the thing that people have always talked about is job losses you know it's an inevitable part of technology um yeah i mean ultimately you know some jobs will be um some things will be replaced or you know they'll become redundant i think whether they become redundant through not just not being required or be redundant because they'll be don't need to be done by a person anymore um that's probably a good thing in, in a lot of cases and i think if you think about parallels you know we haven't our need to travel hasn't gone away in you know 400 years Mm -hmm. we just find new ways of doing it Mm -hmm. you know but the need to travel hasn't disappeared and i think the need to do things to build businesses to provide services to build products those things aren't going to go away we'll just have new tools and better tools to do things in a different way But, but those things will always be there and we'll always need people for certain things because ultimately we're not selling two machines we're selling two people it's people that buy things um, and so there'll be ways and things that we'll do differently. Certainly, I think people who know how to use the tech will probably have a brighter future than those who turn their back on it. I think that's probably true. I and mean, I'm seeing that in various industries. Um, you know, the, the old guard who are at the very end of their careers are not interested in exploring the tech. The new ones who are coming through are only interested in using the tech and want to use it for as much as possible. Um. And I think that opens up new doors, new avenues. Um, when you've got more time to do more things, suddenly you you can do a lot more with that time. What people tend to not do is just say, "Oh, we 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 don't need bots now. Or we or we don't need people anymore because we've got AI and bots, and we just get rid of them." What they do is that they'll, they'll they'll use those people for more things. I'm seeing that in the accounting industry, for example, where rather than just so compliance is is almost now a, an automated thing. So, you know, audit is becoming an automated thing. So you don't need necessarily as people for that, not as, or you need people, but not as many. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use those people to get more results out of those activities. But you can also say, well, let's turn our advisory services, for example, into not just advising. I mean, let's become true business partners. Let's embed ourselves in the business. Let's become virtual CFOs. Mm. Let's, um, let's also then do advisory on technology because we've found out how to build and use technology better Let's advise our customers, our businesses, our clients how to do it better too. And then let's build on other advisory services into that and let's start to diversify and, and broaden our business offerings. Mm-hmm. So there's an awful lot more that you can do when you've got things like that at your disposal. Um, it gives you the breathing room and it gives you the capacity to actually rethink how you do business and what your business model is going to be. And I think that's really the my prediction is it's there's going to be some things that will be replaced, some things will be made redundant. Um, but I think we'll continue to change in more ultimately with this text being de- developed for us, mm. so we'll use it to our advantage, you know unscrupulous people will lose it, use it to theirs as well unfortunately, so we'll mm. we'll, have, we'll always have to find new ways of counteracting that, and I think that's probably where it's, ultimately it's going because you know, that's really where it's gone. If you look back in history we've we've just found new ways of using this technology and moving forward.
1: so yeah, and I think my my hope. Is that the technology enables the smaller businesses to grow quicker and provide value quicker? There's then a question over whether the more bloated traditional style businesses will then be able to keep up. But I guess that's mm-hmm. that's not changed, you know, since no. the Industrial Revolution, right? You know, um, generally been. the the companies that use the the tech and are able to, um build quicker but obviously provide value at a greater level are the ones that ultimately win, right? You know. Um so my my hope is that small businesses mm. are able to use the technology to stay lean as they grow um and provide real value without having to get swept up with, you know, having to build companies mm. that hundreds of thousands of people, right? Yeah, I hope so, because ultimately that that absolute
0: sort of power position usually leads to an abuse of absolute power, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So you know, and we see it everywhere. And you look at our utilities and and stuff that we pay for, all the all the sort of offshoring and outsourcing, and all the things that should result in cost savings. None of those get passed on to us as the consumer. They just get passed on to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe the future, you know, <laughs> is is benefit for us as as consumers, and doesn't just favour the one less than one percent of our population, or people in, in in different countries altogether. Maybe it it does return some of the balance of power, and that can only be a good thing.
1: So if, if we were to play that forward and say, right, well, it's easier for people to form businesses and build businesses, there's going to be more businesses, right? <laughs> um, And I struggle with decision fatigue at the best of times, right? And and we're now at a point where instead of having two options when I decide to work with someone or choose on a piece of tech, I've got 200 options. You know, so I don't... I don't know how we get past that piece. Maybe it is... Well, you've is... got
0: something called Arc Search that's going to advise <laughs> us, right?
1: <laughs> Coming back to the beginning. <laughs> and we'll be but, sitting there with our Apple Vision Pros doing this. Which one should we use? Arc says, oh, Okay, brilliant. We'll use that one. <laughs> but, I mean, may, yeah. So may, maybe the future is more niche. I don't know. You know, oh, you only want to use this because these guys work with these businesses and, you know, yeah. these, these size, sizes and shapes, right? Well... Maybe there'll be more referral business as a result. We won't be as reliant on the old, you know, PPC and that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know whether you agree with this either, but I've also seen an increase in the volume of fractional services as well. And I yes. guess in in the UK Definitely. that's just part time or interim, right?
0: Yeah, fractional CFOs, HRs, HROs, CRO. yeah, it's brilliant. And in fact, it's a good thing. You know, mm. I think it's a good thing
1: because. Because the way that I see that is you, you end up with like um, more of a modular business, I guess. You know what I mean? Is is yes. it's almost as if you're 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 kind of the the brain that just connects up all of these various different skills. You know, is it? Mm. Yeah, um... partly,
0: partly. I think I think there's always a core. You know, I think what you do because normally what you do in your startup, you sort of build a core team, mm. core mm. team of experts in all the different areas that you need. Um, and as you grow, that core team grows a little bit broader, and then you start filling the lines of hierarchy underneath it to deliver. But ultimately, that that lines of hierarchy can be approached differently. Mm. So you may have a smaller hierarchy, a flatter organization with more tech though, doing more of the grunt work, um, and sort of you know fractional, uh, part-time folks filling in certain roles. Or you know, I think there's this. It, it definitely opens up the possibility for different structured organizations in futures, different ways to grow different ways to grow a business from the ground up as well. And and so it makes growing and and accelerating and scale differently. Um, It will affect investment. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that could flip and change with what we're seeing now in the future. But only time will tell. But having going going through it, I I can definitely see how we've done things differently now than someone would have done 20 years ago and 20 years before that. So it's an it's um it's an interesting way that things are proceeding. Definitely, it's definitely opening up opportunities that weren't there. So how do we
1: how do we advise maybe younger people in finance that don't have enough experience to become fractional yet? You know, they they might be good with tech, right? But you know, it's always yeah. the
0: same, though, isn't it? I mean, even when you're not fractional, you when I mean, when you when you're in your first year, you, you still don't really know enough to be to be truly valuable in, mm. in lots of fields. Mm. Um, I think actually in some respects, um, and I learned this as well when I, be- when I became a consultant early in my career, I probably learned more on the consulting field than I did sitting in a job for 10 years mm. because I saw so many more things. I was around the table for so many more discussions mm. than I would ever have got exposure to. So I think actually going fractional early can be a huge advantage. You just have to accept that you're not going to be you know, where you'd like to be, uh, but that's probably a a curse of the young right now. Anyway, they all sort of want to move faster than they can, you know, possibly go. Um, Everyone wants to, you know, and I think if you use the tools to do research, to learn, to use tools, to get jobs done, things get done faster, you know, not even doing them yourself. I think there's so much opportunity now being fractional to do so much, you know, to accelerate your learning by using this tech um, Mm. and work with five, six different businesses at a time. You can learn so many different industries, different roles um i think the opportunity is so much bigger than than even when i when i did it when i was an attorney consultant mm.
1: i think when when you are more junior if that's the the correct word yeah you might not have more expertise but you might have more time yeah yeah you know and and the recommendation is invest that time in learning
0: Definitely, just make definitely. sure that
1: you actually put it into practice because you know as as alex hormozy mm-hmm. always says you know if you read something or watch something or take a training course but you don't change your behavior as a result of it, you've learned you've learned nothing right yeah yeah yeah
0: you've got to fill your buckets in order you know you start with your your, your knowledge and skills and then you de- use those skills to gain experience and that's that's 80% of it you know yeah yeah and, and
1: focus and i i'm focusing on think... meta, focus on meta skills again again another alex Formosey-ism is um mm-hmm. learning how to learn mm mm-hmm. mhm you know if if you if you're maybe unsure about what direction you're going you know do I want to be a business partner do I want to be a CFO do I want to go fractional or whatever the best thing that you can possibly do is learn how to quickly absorb as much information mm-hmm. to the point where <laughs> you've got a base level of understanding in most things
0: yeah and also scarily know the tech yes know how to use it and get the best out of it but become the best person person that you can be mm. But ultimately it's, it's people that buy your services. Mm. It's people that will see value in you, Mm. not AI, Mm. you know, businesses are still made up of of people. So become the best people person you can be, Mm. you know, interaction, communication, influence, support, you know, empathetic, you know, Advance the softer skills as mm. well as the technical skills. Don't don't preference one over the other. Balance them out and gain as much experience as you can in as many things as possible. Mm. And I think you'll accelerate. I think people's growing and growth rate will will far exceed what we would have been able to do because we had to do a lot of grunt work, mm. you know, just to get to a point where you know and it would take us five times longer, ten times longer mm. to get to the same point. They don't actually have to go through all of that now. They can say, "AI, hey, you know, do do this for me," and but tell me how you did it. Mm, mm. It's something that would have taken a year to do. You could take, you know, a day mm. to do now. So mm. there's so many advantages open to them now. Just mm. and and it's also open to us old folks too. You know, you can always trick. You can actually t- teach an old dog new tricks. Mm. Yeah, that's that's, that's um, so. You know, we should take advantage of it while we're still here too. And we can extend our own careers mm. as a result of that. Just mm. by doing things differently, we don't have to work as hard. We just need to work smarter. Mm. That's not a bad thing.
1: I think that's probably a good point to finish on those very wise words, Dan. They're <laughs> <laughs> no, very good. Have, have you got anything that has been on on your mind this week that you wanted to cover?
0: No, to be honest with you, um, I I just look forward to our chats because I I'm, I I I like I just like to see what you have always bring to the table. <laughs> like to, just to, to open my mind and make gets me thinking, so I I
1: love to start the week with these kind of calls. Does it though? Because yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. I,
1: I I always feel like you know. Yeah, I, I I know this. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's like what when you when you answer the questions, it's almost like yeah, yeah. No. I know this. I got this sorted. <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's good that it's uh, it's offering a fresh perspective. I'd I'd hate to think that we were just going over old ground the whole time. <laughs> no,
0: always, always. I'm honest, but I don't really do a lot of planning and prep for, for, for things. Generally speaking, I just like to just whatever's in there and whatever's in there comes out. You know. There we go. Uh, so, so it's it's good to just be challenged. yeah. yeah I think that's always a good thing. It always let you allow yourself to be challenged. Yeah, I think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, very good. Cool. So, yeah. All right, then, mate. Excellent. Well, thanks again for your time. My pleasure. And we shall catch up soon. All right, mate. We'll do. All right, have a good one. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.